Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. I think Zach Ertz <laughs> setting in the system full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system. And then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's, he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Talk to David Collins last segment. If you missed it, you can certainly find the podcast up on ArizonaSports.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're listening to podcasts, you can also listen to the Dave Pash podcast. And Dave Pash is here in uh, the booth right now. Wolf has, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I respect yeah. this. You've already, and usually you talk Dave into coming on. <laughs> and then as he's about to leave, you're like, you don't have anything better to do. <laughs> this time you just said, come up here for a half hour. <laughs> so Dave Pash is here for a half hour. By the way, first of all, I love the uh, the Top Gun theme. Have you guys seen okay. it? Yet? Have you seen yes, it? Seen I have. How, go- how good was it? Was, it? it was very good, David. It awesome. was. It was very good. I and thought it was even... going to die at the end. I did. No, no. Of course, you can't kill Maverick. Well, uh, you could have. You could have killed I mean, him right it's there. It's one thing to do it to James Bond. You can't do it to Maverick. You can't do it to Tom Cruise. Uh, and you don't even have to like or have seen the first one to right. enjoy. You're right. The second one. You're right. No doubt. So, you know, anyway. Did you enjoy sitting in that seat though? Yeah. Because Zayvon Collins. <laughs> actually was there, and I think he, he got a lot of sauce on the chair. Here. It is a little wet. Um, <laughs> you sat down, wet. I sat down in the sweat. Oh, apparently. my goodness. David was David. working out after practice, yeah. and yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's how we thank you for coming up here. We give you the one chair. We had other chairs. We gave you that chair. Though. At least you ask, and Aaron Maloney, the producer, like, asks nicely. <laughs> Wolf just demands it, knowing that I'll do it, because yeah. I'll do anything for Wolf. So, so here we are. David, your thoughts right now on training camp in general. Let's, let's parachute in from 30,000 feet. Sure. First thought is, when is it over? Okay, uh, when yes. can we get to the season and the regular season? At least we have a preseason game to call on Friday. Most yes. of the players that are playing probably won't be playing against Kansas City, but at least we have football to watch and call. And you know, Wolf, Luke, you know it as well. There are guys on this roster that are under the radar right now that are going to have 10-year careers at some point, right? There's going to be somebody on this roster that uh, is either a late-round draft pick, an undrafted player, somebody that maybe got cut from another team that's going to end up making either this roster or another roster and being around for a decade. That's the beauty of preseason because they get a chance to shine. I just heard Cliff say it. It's a job interview for 32 teams. And the players have to keep that in mind. If it's not working out here, it may work out somewhere else because everybody, all the NFL scouts are going back and watching these games. Uh, for the record, too, I, I defended your honor when Wolf was talking about the depth chart and how play-by-play -play guys are, are divas because they want it in the order oh, for yeah. the game. I'm, I'm with you on this. David's all over the depth chart. I, I told, he loves it. I told Cliff, I said, thank you so much. Greatest depth chart in NFL history and the anti-Jim Harbaugh draft chart. Dra because uh, or depth what, chart. What do you mean? What did Jim so Harbaugh In do? the Michigan game notes, they never put the depth chart in. So if you never. do a Michigan game, you have to make talk to the SID, and then when you sit down with Coach on Friday for production meeting, get him to talk about players, but he's never going to tell you exactly who's starting. You have to pretty much figure it out. I mean, I remember he put a player out there, Wilton Spade. This is like four or five years ago. Wilton Spade had a either a separated or a dislocated shoulder, but 
<laughs> Harbaugh wanted to play the games with the media and the other team, so he had Wilton Spate go out in full pads and warm up, <laughs> throwing left-handed, just so everybody had to watch. He's over there. He's in, he's in pads. Maybe oh he's going to play. Goodness. But as soon as you see him, his right arm is down, hanging down, and he's throwing with his left hand. Look, okay, he's not playing. Probably not. So thank play. you, Cliff, because it makes our job easier. Because what what's our job? We're the yeah. conduit to the fan. Right. We're the conduit to the people watching or listening. So hey, you and I can spend more time focusing on the guys like Andre Bocelli, who's yes. going to play a lot. We get to tell stories. We get to spend time preparing. So come Friday night, we can deliver that to the fan at home. Thank you, Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. Well and done. You, you know what else is well, David? Never trust Jim Harbaugh if, in fact, you're out at a bar and you have curfew. Never trust him. Because I can tell you right now, Bernie Kozar and I, we tried to do that. We actually tried to trust him. We had an 11 o'clock curfew, and he got us back at 11.05. Okay? <laughs> Never trust Jim Harbaugh, because it's all about Harbaugh. Never forget that, David, but I digress. If you ever find yourself in that specific hypothetical situation, remember Wolf's advice. So... Who are you most interested in watching play on Friday night? Because there's a couple of guys that are going to get some reps that I'm highly interested in. If you I, had to pick one. Well, look, you had you had Zayvon Collins on. Um, Good, great that, place to start. It, it's easy to start with him because of how important he is yes. to the team, to the defense. So that's an obvious one. I think Will Hernandez, because he has not been in the system, getting to see him out there. Let's see him road grade somebody, run over somebody. Uh, because that, that right guard position uh, is obviously a, a position that the Cardinals needed to upgrade after last year. So, you know, Josh Jackson, you and I were trying to figure out, like, what happened to him? Second-round pick out of Iowa several years ago by Green Bay. Bounced around a little bit. You watch him. He looks the part. Is it a matter of... He was a victim of depth in Green Bay. Uh, they had they drafted a lot of different corners high. Is this a guy that can help the team? So he's a player I kind of want to see. And talking to some of the people around the team, there isn't like a red flag with him. So you wonder, okay, was it yeah. just a matter of there were just too many guys? There were vets there already when he got drafted. He just didn't get an opportunity until it was late. Maybe the defensive coordinator didn't like him. Who knows? They owe the, uh, the Cardinals some cornerback help after. After what they got out of Rasul Douglas, too. So I, I feel like that's, that's sort of fitting that they would give back. Um, Marco Wilson's the other one, too. I mean, you start talking about players that are expected to play a good amount of time in this game. Cliff had those, the, the kind of, I don't, that wasn't really passive-aggressive. That was speaking through the media about Marco Wilson last week. And we talked to Marco earlier this week about it. But what, what was your impression of, of Cliff saying that? Because he doesn't usually call guys out by name. I heard the interview very good, by the way, both of you guys. And I thought he was really interesting in listening to him and really thoughtful and sounds like he is ready for this, mm-hmm. uh, ready for year two. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. I, I don't know. My guess is they probably believe in him. They really think highly of him. Uh, you're not going to waste your time in the media talking about uh, somebody, you know, challenging someone in the media uh, that uh, you don't think highly of. I don't think that's Cliff's game. I think because the Cliff and the coaching staff Correct. on defense think are, are very high on him, so maybe it's just a a, a way to continue to motivate him. So, David, this, I know you've been asked this a million times already, but here we are. Um, the first preseason game looms. It's coming up right now. What is your expectation for this team at this point of the season? Kind of watching camp, I, there's there's a ton of skill. There's a ton of talent. I, I really think that in terms of 
raw, just looking at the, the skill level, the Cardinals should be among the best teams in the NFL in that regard. I do wonder for physicality, can they maintain the physicality throughout the season? Injuries. I know it's cliche. Any team, every team could say yes. you got to be healthy. But it just feels like some of the players the Cardinals are counting on are older. Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, 30 years old. Um, there are a lot of guys on the team that are key players, J.J. Watt, that are up there in age. And you wonder... Over 17 games, can they stay healthy? A lot of those guys aren't even healthy right now. Mm-hmm. That That's obvious, obviously a concern. All right, we're going to keep Dave around for another segment. When we come back, we'll talk a little Kevin Durant. Wolf's kind of wavering. I don't even Are you wavering or are you just kind of out? Oh, I am kind of wavering. Okay, but you're not out. Emotionally, I'm just, yeah. Wolf's an emotional mess over Kevin Durant. Totally. We'll explain it to you next, Dave. Uh, Dave, and to the listeners. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we are back here at State Farm Stadium. Dave Pash in the booth joining us, standing, because we don't have a chair for him. We do. It's just, uh, well, it's a little wet. It's a little, a little, a little uh, sweaty. I noticed Wolf didn't offer you his chair, and Wolf stands for most of the show anyway. Yeah, but, I know, uh, but, well, David's in my spot right now, oh, okay. standing here. The so booth you, is not You have to sit there and Spacious. Up. So you, you force him to come up and be a guest on our show, and then you're like, go ahead and stand for yeah, half Yeah, exactly. Hour. Well, I tried to sit down right there, but yeah. the soft chair, David like just a, got a, See, all, the, all the things, Luke, the lack of love he shows me and has shown me for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. You're still kind of in your honeymoon period with him. So just wait. This is, yeah. this is what you have to look okay, forward to. David. I, I have a lot of questions for you off the air, Dave. Sure. Just to, to get me Ask him on, on the air. Why not? Uh, maybe I'll work one in every time. <laughs> Next time Wolf drags you on, I'll just that, that'll be the whole segment. i got to ask you about Kevin Durant, though, first, because um, Wolf's kind of Wolf's wavering a little bit with the way KD has handled it. Now, for me, we knew that that this was going to have to happen, what what happened on Saturday. There was going to have to be that moment where KD went from requesting a trade to basically trying to force a trade. I mean, it feels a little less enjoyable to try and get him after this is what he's doing to Brooklyn, but it, it sounds like he's either going to Phoenix or somewhere else, so why not Phoenix? I don't understand what Wolf's issue is. The guy is one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Yeah. And he's still young enough, the way he plays, I mean, you've got four more years of the great KD, probably, and and the windows to win in the NBA are pretty small because you don't know how long you're going to have the star players, and it's all about accumulating as many star players as possible. Uh, if you have a decent rest of the roster, which was the problem in Brooklyn, they had a lot of older, slower guys surrounding those three, and James Harden came in out of shape and obviously had the issues with Kyrie. Um, but if I'm the Suns, if I'm anybody, I want Durant. I want Durant. Yeah, you know. The other stuff, Wolf. Listen, David, I, to answer your question, why, why I don't like Divas. 
and I think he's got a lot of diva in him right now. And because of that, I remember every diva that I actually played with in my tenure career. That that's the reason. And I, I I fully admit, David. I admit it. I'm jaded by that. Here's the I'm thing. I'm jaded by that. I didn't like divas, and I think he's a diva. I don't think Kevin Durant's a diva. Uh, from everybody I've talked to, from the time from covering Kevin Durant over the years, Kevin Durant wants to win. You ask any of those guys that coached him, Team USA, they said this guy, nobody worked harder than Kevin Durant. Yeah. He wants to win. He wants to win big. The Nets made several mistakes. One of them was recently firing an assistant coach who was a friend of Durant's. I'm not I, I'm not sure he was consulted on that. I, I just, think that's big. I was just going to say, not only that, how many people did he actually bring because he was Kevin Durant? I think the issues with what happened last year with Kyrie, I think James Harden being out of shape, um, and again, the, the lack of depth on that team last year and how Sean Marks put it together. Now, KD did have some issues with some of the guys at Golden State, but whatever. They still won championships with Kevin Durant. I, I understand that, yet at the same time, I think of who did he really have an issue with? Well, it was Draymond Green. We all saw this. We saw them. Um, they were oil in water right there. I respect Draymond Green. I do. I res- Listen, David, I don't like his antics at all. Can't stand his antics. But the one thing I do know is that guy is a competitor. That guy goes about his business in an intense kind of way, in a very physical kind of way, and I love that. So does Durant. That's why I think he's a great fit with the Suns. I just don't know that a trade would happen. Uh, Dave Pass joining us in the booth here. Um, if a trade, we were kind of getting into this yesterday and we just sort of ran out of time. It, it seems like it would be a lot harder for the Suns to make a trade right now because DeAndre Ayton isn't even available and, or anything you could get for DeAndre Ayton. But if it came down to it, just in your opinion, if if you if you had the option, okay, you can get Kevin Durant, you can add him to a core of Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but you have to give up DA in six months or you got to do it and you got to give up Mikel Bridges right now. Do you have a preference of which one you'd rather give up with that core? It's hard to say. I mean, I'd rather not give up Mikel Bridges. You can't have, you, you can never have enough great wing defenders. I mean, the league is about the wing and, and offensive players and guys that can guard multiple positions. I, I, w- I would do everything I can to hold on to Mikel Bridges mm-hmm. if I'm the Suns. I, it just, with the Aiton re signing, can't move him until mid January. And maybe Brooklyn didn't want Aiton. You know, maybe they didn't want him. Uh, I'm not sure how you know how many teams look at, at the way that position is now, right? The way the center position is now in the NBA, it really isn't a position for a lot of teams. It's so, you know, how many teams really want? And Miles Turner, who Indiana, you know, had been the Indiana big man for so long. There are some similarities. He does step out and shoot a little bit more than Durant, or more than than Aiton. But I'm doing everything I can to keep Mikel Bridges. I, I would not be so shocked if New Orleans is where Durant ends up. Wow. And another thing to keep an eye on. I don't like that. for me, which I, I and it's not so much Durant, but just how things could star players could move is the Lakers the next like twelve months. <laughs> oh. Whether it's, oh, I mean, Westbrook, whether it's AD 
or even LeBron. Like, I'm, I, I am really interested to see what happens with the Lakers in the next several months. See, this is the problem. If you don't want Durant, then he ends up on New Orleans or some other team that you have to compete with. You have to get him. I, I, listen, I understand intellectually, once again, that Kevin Durant makes the Phoenix Suns better. I just don't know. There's no guarantee that he's going to win a championship is not. with the Phoenix That's Suns. That's true. There is no guarantee. And then there's the other aspect of can he come into this culture yes, and exist he can. in Wolf, this he culture? Can. He can. He did it with the Warriors. And, and look, again, the, the, the issues that you're talking about with Kevin Durant are very small in comparison to what other star players you have to deal with. You don't have to worry about a, a lot of the peripheral stuff. You know, what's out there right now with demanding a trade, I get it. It bothers you. It bothers me. It bothers everybody. But the, some of the, I mean, like, compare him to Kyrie and the stuff you have to deal with on a daily basis. With When he was in Boston, there were times he wouldn't even speak to anybody. Teammates, coaches, imagine having to deal with that. You don't have to deal with that with Durant. He he is a guy that does want to win, will compete, and that, look, that's why he wants to trade because yeah. he wants to win, and they're not going to win in Brooklyn. Are we spoiled by Booker? Is that, I mean, that sort of seems like uh, along the lines of what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah to a degree, to having a star that doesn't do all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think there are, there are. A very small number of star players that come with no baggage whatsoever. Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, and there are others who I'm, you know, just these are guys off the top of my head. But again, I think the baggage that like we're attaching to Kevin Durant is unfair. Okay. I think it's very small. Okay. So where do you think he's going to end up right now as it stands? If I, if I had to guess, I'd say New Orleans. New Orleans is just, where but you it's believe. A guess. It's a okay. guess. I, I don't know. I and I wouldn't How about be surprised. The Boston with the Jalen Brown. Yeah, I, you think Boston? maybe. I think probably one of those two. Because New Orleans just has so much to offer. They have so much there. Yeah. Whether it's Ingram or Zion. Um, yeah, and Boston is pretty close to a championship. Jalen Brown is a great player. Great player. Man. Uh, but, you know, again, Kevin Durant's one of the greatest of all time, so if you can get him, you do. And that's why, um, look, James Jones is really smart. Excellent GM. Yeah. Uh, Monty Williams, excellent coach. That operation is is a lot different than it used to be, right? Because Robert Sarver isn't as involved as he used to be. So, if, if I'm sure the Suns are doing their due diligence to see how can we make this happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's just maybe the pieces didn't fit as opposed to a lack of interest because you think he's a diva. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, I do think he's a diva. Well, well, and that well. jades me because I think of every diva I played with. Dave, 1988. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Still a, a diva. A, a diva is a diva. <laughs> but the NBA is so different now, Wolf. I mean, the players control so much of what goes on. That's how the league is. I'm okay with that. That's how it is. Yeah, and you know what? Listen, I'm not going to say you're wrong on that, but at the same time, I, I don't think he fits into the culture of the Phoenix Suns. I disagree. You think of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and here comes Kevin Durant. No. Yeah. Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker would coexist 
just perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say all those names together, I suddenly feel better about it even. All right, Dave, thanks for coming yep. up. We promise next time we'll have a chair for you. Again, there's a chair. It's just no, not one. We'll have a usable chair right for you. All right. <laughs> all good. When we come back, uh, you know Benjamin, could he find himself in the RB2 role for the Cardinals this season? Friday could go a long way towards uh, putting him there. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Copyright presented by 72 Zones and Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, thanks to Dave Pash and Zaven Collins, who have already joined us on the show today. Uh, coming up, Amiel Sade of the D-backs will join us. Kevin Olson's going to join us later to talk some more Kevin Durant's. Dave, uh, convince you at all? You know, honestly, I, I, intellectually, I don't need convincing. I understand. Kevin Durant makes the Phoenix Suns better. He does. If you could guarantee me they were going to win a championship, go get Kevin Durant. That would I'm be all nice. for that. If he came but with the Larry O'Brien trophy. Exactly. The problem is, of course, you cannot guarantee something like that. And I am jaded. And I freely admit the fact that I am. Like guys that, to me, are divas are guys that demand it their way. They want it their way. They want to call all the shots. They have to have the stars aligned, and they want those stars aligned their way. And if they don't get their way, then all of a sudden they become a problem. They want out. Uh, look, so I am jaded. Yeah, I'm sorry. As well, a former player, I played with guys that were like that, and might, I didn't like it. It might not matter. Uh, as much as, as I've been trying to uh, stay optimistic that the Suns are going to pull this off and get Kevin Durant, and I'm not saying it's like done that they're not, but it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like there's more teams involved now. I, I, I guess I should say my... My optimism that they are going to get him has less to do with logic at this point and more just blind optimism that something's going on behind the scenes. But it's not, you know, for a while there was like, yeah, logistically this makes sense. Now you start to see what a Boston could offer and might be offering. You know, Dave brought up New Orleans. We've talked about them. That team has the, to me, has the most to offer. And I don't know if Durant would go there, but it's, this is not. Here's the one thing. I'll say this for you right now because I know you need some encouragement on Kevin Durant right Right now. I need some encouragement on ASU. Just Kevin understand, help. if in fact I am right about Kevin Durant being a diva, he's coming to the Suns. He's going to force his way to the Phoenix Suns. Well, this is like one of those like, I, philosophical just, I, things. I, I'm saying right now. So if he if he comes here, that means he had to diva his way here. And if he doesn't I, I, come just here, that means he you, wasn't a diva. If, and I want him more. If, I know. If I am right on this with my suspicion of Kevin Durant, he's going to, if he is a diva, he's going to come to the Phoenix Suns. He's going to manipulate the situation and get the stars aligned so he can come to the Phoenix Suns so he can have it his way. So be encouraged. <laughs> that was encouraging. That was encouraging and discouraging at the same time. Uh, you know, Benjamin, not a diva, and he spoke this week about the confidence he has going into this season. I would say my, my confidence is through the roof. It's year three. I felt like a lot more has slowed down for me. Um, and just getting on the, the field to get those opportunities uh, definitely builds that uh, confidence as well. He's You know, we talk about some of the guys we're excited to see on Friday in that game in Cincinnati, and Zayvon Collins is up there, Marco Wilson. Eno's Eno's right there at the top of, of the list for me, Wolf. And, and, and I'm going to say this. it's Yes, the ASU stuff, but also if he can carve out a role as the number two running back on this team or, you know, 2A and 2B with Darrell Williams, 
We all want to see James Conner play 17 games this year. It is the NFL. Running backs tend to miss a few games. It's not inconceivable that Eno Benjamin, a guy we were talking about like you know a couple months ago, hey, is he going to make this team? To like when they drafted Keontae Ingram, was that supposed to be it for Eno? To like there might be three or four weeks of the season where he's starting if things if he if he moves up the depth chart as far as he can. And Friday night's a big part of that. Man, this is really really interesting the way the running back room now is. Is shaping up because we all know you have James Conner. James Conner could be an every down back. He's not going to be an every down back. Understand that. You're just not going to see that, especially here with Cliff Kingsbury and his offense. You're not going to see James Conner on every down. That is not going to happen. Rundown situation, I expect to see James Conner a lot. First and ten, second and one to six. But you need that change up. You need that change up back. I don't look at Daryl Williams has that huge change-up back to James Conner. But man, do I look at Eno Benjamin and see a change-up back to James Conner, a back who's a little bit different, does things a little bit differently, a guy that can still get it done, a guy that can still run the ball, a guy that can hold up and blitz pick up. And this is where, if you listen to the coaches, they say he's made the most improvement is in his pass protection well, that's and why, blitz pick that's, up. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're just watching, you're like, boy, he sure looked good when he ran the ball last year. Uh, I agree with you. But he wasn't getting on the field because he wasn't as good with the other stuff. And because they had Chase Edmonds. I mean, that was right. part of it. Chase Edmonds helped him get to this point, but Chase Edmonds isn't here anymore. Eno talked about that, too. I'm just going in with head down. I'm looking to do whatever is being asked of me um, for our, forever or how long, the first game, second game, third game, just being able to be um, accessible. That was an answer to a question about the opportunity with no Chase Edmonds here. And, yeah, Eno's got to say that stuff, and he's got to think that way, but in the back of his mind, he has to also know, even though it, it was one of his best friends leaving, the door's open to a certain extent. Go back and look at James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Go back and look at those two when they were paired together, right? That was the change-up that I love so much. Chase Edmonds was a change-up to James Conner, and I look at Edo Benjamin as more of a change-up to James Conner than Daryl Williams. See, I, I see Daryl Williams kind of being a He's bridge. Like the missing link between He's the two of them. Exactly yeah. right. Yes, yeah. there you go, Luke. Luke, you're thinking the exact same thing as I am. That's He's scary. a guy who could be like James Conner, run the ball and do it with some thunder, especially now with his weight situation going on that I like. 232 his, pounds his weight right now. I'm just saying on. he's got a little... Something to him, if you know what I mean. Okay. But he's also a guy that is good out of the backfield. He's kind of a blend of the two. That's what I love. You got James Conner, and then you've got the changeup, and Eno Benjamin, if he continues to develop the way that coaches have been telling me he's developing, the way that players have been speaking of Eno Benjamin, and if he continues to do that, and then you got Daryl Williams right in the middle as a guy that can do either or especially over the course of a 17-game season. 
You're going to need three. You, you need, yeah, you at the very least need two running backs you trust. I think the Cardinals are going to see that they have three. I think they're already seeing it. And if you ever had to go to number four, if they keep four, I'm assuming they keep four, right? They've got five guys that I think a lot of us like, and you like seven of the running backs I, they have I, I like there. them all, man. It's the, they're really, really good. Uh, Keontae Ingram is very, very good. He's a guy that he, was he doesn't look like college. a six-round pick. He doesn't no, look like a six-round guy. And Look, I, do, what do I think is going to happen there? I think they'll probably cut him. I think they will, and they'll sign him to a practice. I will say this, and I don't know how much of this went into him being a sixth-round pick, but USC would rotate so many running backs through, and I know that scouts don't just look at the numbers, but it was tough to get numbers in that backfield because they had like four running backs that they were using the last couple years. All right, do you know a high school student with great character? We want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community, so just text character to 620-620 and share their story. What's in it for them? A $10,000 scholarship from Parker & Sons and Arizona Sports. So, yeah, go ahead and text character to 620-620. It's worth it. All right, when we come back, D-backs have won three in a row, five of seven. We're going to be joined by their assistant GM and senior vice president, Amiel Sade. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plum. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. Yeah, D-backs win again last night. Three in a row, five of their last seven. They get a 6-4 win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Tommy Henry, his first ever major league win. And we're joined right now by D-backs assistant GM, Amiel Sade. Amiel, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing fun. We're uh, we're going to talk a lot of baseball here, obviously. Uh, but but first, we just want to pass along our condolences to the D-backs family with everything that uh, that Mike Hazen and you guys went through last week. We were just wondering if you could kind of give people uh, a, a way that they could potentially um, you know contribute and help out with the uh, Nicole Hazen Fund for Hope. Yeah, I appreciate you guys doing that. Um, and thanks for the support from the station and from you guys. Um, emotional week, I'm sure most people probably saw. Um, Nicole fought really long and hard for the last few years, almost two and a half years. Really um, moving past almost every uh, doctor's uh, prognosis on how long she was going to live. And, and finally last week, obviously, after a long, arduous battle, uh, passed from a glioblastoma. And, um, and, and Mike and Nicole and the family went through um, a lot of tough times with clinical trials and um, chemotherapy and a bunch of different things. And, and Mike, um, towards the end, uh, probably sometime last year, um, they created the Nicole Hazen Fund for Hope. And, uh, you know, really that all the, all the money from that fund, um, is, goes towards, uh, research and clinical trials. And, and Nicole, towards probably the, the second half of, uh, of the, um, disease, she, um, she was doing a lot of uh, aggressive clinical trials, just really um, searching for something that that could that could help, maybe uh, something that that might um, cure the glioblastoma. And obviously, it didn't. It's such a such a nasty disease. Um, so um, he's he's uh, we've been fortunate across um, across baseball and across uh, Arizona, really across the country, to um, to have a lot of um, 
a lot of people donate and and give and and really push this forward because Mike's really passionate about this not happening to other people. Hopefully one day. Um, so you can go on Dbacks website dbacks.com and there's a place to donate there for the Nicole Nicole Hazen Fund for Hope and and hopefully they can they can push forward to trying to find a cure for this one day. Amiel, thank you so much for that uh, that update right there. Once again, how can people get involved in that, Amiel? Yeah, you can. Um, if you go on the DBAX website on dbacks.com, um, there's a there's a place where you can click on um, DBAX. Remember Nicole Hazen, um, and and off of uh, off of that uh, link, you you'll be able to um, to click on the Nicole Hazen Fund for Hope, and um, and and from there it'll take you. It'll walk you through um, just making a donation of any kind. We're talking to Amiel Sade. Uh, Amiel transitioning to baseball, which obviously isn't uh, easy uh, after that. But um, the game last night, Tommy Henry gets his first ever major league win. You guys have won three in a row. That was win number 50, um, five of the last seven. Specifically with Henry, there was so much talk about how many people he had in Cleveland for his first start last week. And, uh, you know, it, it was not like he was bad against Cleveland. But last night, I mean, seven innings, he didn't. The first two batters, he got out every single inning. Yeah, so I think a couple things to think about with Tommy that, that maybe people didn't realize, but um, you know, Tommy got called up for his uh, his major league debut last Wednesday. Uh, he was actually it was a little bit uh, a little bit disjointed for him because he was actually in Cleveland at a uh, funeral service um, when we called him and told him that he was going to be making his major league debut. So his, his I think he was obviously um, overcome with emotion from from uh, from the service, but also from uh, um, from his big league debut, and I, you know, I think there was a lot of nerves, obviously, and, and and he pitched he pitched well, actually, when you think about last week. But then, really got to settle down. I think Tommy talked about breathing a little bit better last night. Um, settled down. That's the Tommy we know. He is an ultra, ultimate competitor. Um, I think he he's not afraid to go after hitters. Um, you know, there there could be times where you know he may he may lose feel for the strike zone one one or two pitches, and then he he comes right back. And last night we saw some of that, and we also saw, you know, the well-documented uh – some of the changes that he's made to his grip that you know his his slider and his curveball at times would come and go um, in the minor leagues and with the depth uh, but but I think we saw some more consistency last night and that was fun to watch and you know I, I don't even know that we saw a lot of his changeups and his changeup is one of his best secondary pitches so you know he he um, he, he he stood up there and really competed for seven innings and and gave us what we expected out of him and it's fun to see and I know we'll, we'll be seeing more of it you know, Amiel, it seems like since the All-Star break, you guys have been playing some really good baseball. Why is that? Um, I, you know, I think short of the trip, uh, the, the road trip, you know, we've, um, we've, you know, we've seen a lot of the young players really starting to get comfortable. And I think that this is um, – you will have the ups and downs with young players, especially young hitters. And I think we're starting to get into a bit of a groove with some of our young players. They're getting, they're getting every day at bats. Um, the, the starting pitching has been phenomenal. I think we've seen Merrill Kelly be the pitcher of the month in July. Zach Gallon has kind of turned it around with more consistency. Um, you know, bum is bum. He's given us six or seven innings uh, every time out. And um, he's, he's been a model of consistency recently. 
recently. And then, you know, really the four, the four and the five hole and Tommy's given us a couple good starts. Davies, um, obviously coming back and giving us five scoreless innings. So I think it starts with our starting pitching, but then our, our offense as you know, it, it hasn't been like a prolific offense, but we come back in games, uh, we show fight. And then, you know, when we've, we've gotten the big hits, um, the last couple of nights, we've seen Cattell kind of push the game forward with, with two big singles. And, um, so, you know, they've kind of kept the line moving and trusting each other. And I think it's starting to come around for, for these kids. Amiel Sade is our guest. Uh, Amiel, you mentioned Merrill Kelly, a 1.49 ERA over his last seven starts. He's been lights out pretty much every time he goes out there. How important was it to you guys to make sure you kept him around even through the trade deadline as somebody that I know he's in his 30s now, but you can help build a pitching staff around? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, we extended Merrill um, in spring training for that reason alone. I mean, he's he's somebody we believe in in every facet of what he does, both on the field, off the field, um, how he prepares, how he how the the leadership he shows to some of the young pitchers, and uh, and he's pitching he's he's pitching like one of the best pitchers in the National League, and uh, and it's what we anticipated, and and honestly, we you know there were teams that that had asked about, it. we just told them you know we're not talking about. Merrill Kelly, so um, he, you know he's somebody we 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 expect to to be anchoring the front of our rotation and should be anchoring the front of our rotation because he has he has stuff and he has execution and he's not afraid to go out there. We see him the last month. I mean, he's been consistently pitching deep in games for us. Speaking of anticipation, Amiel, when do you think we might see Corbin Carroll? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, do you, you know, want I mean, to see him, do you, Emil, Do you want to see him at the big league level this year? <laughs> I've seen I've seen Corbin. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I think that we, we've um, you know part of part of the reason why um, I think it's, you know Mike talked about it. Part of the reason why it was a, it was a really tough decision to to um, trade David to a contender, but um, is, is to clear the path for some of our young players. And, you know, we've given Jake, I think you're seeing Jake McCarthy get a, get an opportunity to play every day. We're seeing Varsho and Thomas playing a lot. Um, I think Corbin's time will come. Um, you know, there's still some things, obviously, at AAA that he's working on right now. And, um, and you know, we're, we're getting him exposure to a lot of the different corner positions, which he's had in the past, but he's probably seeing a little bit more because, you know, frankly, we have a gold glove center fielder right now. And, um, and you know, we're... We, you know, one day we're going to be out there looking at our outfield defense in between McCarthy, Thomas, Varsho, um, some of the other guys. I mean, we're, we're going to have uh, a lot of young um, center fielders, really, just playing all over the all over the outfield. So um, it's fun to watch, and you know, hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to see him. Whether it's this year or next year, I think he's he's his anticipated. Uh, uh, jump to the big leagues will be something that everybody's excited about. Well, Amiel, yeah, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy. That's uh, Amiel okay, Sade, bye-bye. Arizona Diamondbacks assistant GM, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And, uh, yeah, that's a nice set of uh, outfielders they have there. Now, he didn't mention Drew Jones or Corbin Carroll coming up, so that's, um, yeah, that's pretty good. Text us your thoughts of the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, all the top stories of the day in one place. It's Wolfing Down Your Lunch next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.